Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to the Contrarian Investor Podcast. We give voice to those who challenge a prevailing sentiment in global financial markets. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Guests were not compensated for their appearance, nor do they supply payment in order to appear. Individuals on this podcast may hold positions in the securities that are discussed. Listeners are urged to educate themselves and make their own decisions. This podcast episode may have ads and the occasional announcement. To listen without ads or announcements and take advantage of a host of other benefits, consider becoming a premium subscriber. Prices start at $9 per month. Visit the website contrarian.supercast.tech. That's T-E-C-H for more information. Now, here's your host, Mr. Nathaniel E. Baker. Robert Cody of Cody Capital, and we are going to talk about investing in technology. And according to Robert here, the whole idea of investing in technology is broken. Not irreparably broken, but broken. And we are, according to Robert, faced with a new paradigm when it comes to technology investing, which, wait for it, is a little bit like the old one. Not the most recent one, but the one that came before it. Anyway, I'll let you explain. Go ahead, sure, Robert. Sure. Why is technology broken? And I would say it's uh, technology broken. I would say it's the way we invest in technology. Right. The American empire, as I like to call it, is built on an industrial base where we make real products that are better than what's available anywhere else in the world, and then spreading the use of those products. And these are products based on breakthrough innovations. Uh, and by spreading their use, we're not only creating more value for America and its citizens, but we're creating value for the world. And so it's a wonderful way to build an empire. The old way of building an empire was you took other people's land and resources, and through that wealth, you became an empire. We actually have become an empire by innovating and sharing those innovations around the world. And it all started in manufacturing and building an industrial base where we build real products. Mm -hmm. In the past 20 years, though, since the dot-com bust, what we've experienced is a shift away from physical reality into digital reality, from hardware into software. And that's largely because the internet presented an opportunity and software presented an opportunity to digitize the world, to take many companies and put them online, and then to automate much of what was happening in brick and mortar uh, ways, uh, in manual ways, in a piece of software that would make us more productive and create more value in the economy. And of course, that's how we grew the economy uh, for about 20 years. There's now a shift back to hardware companies from software companies. And the problem we face today is that it's very, very difficult to get the financial industry to move from software back over to hardware. And that's because when you build your funds, it's typically a 10-year fund, and those funds are built You invest in software companies, you develop a track record, and when you go to raise the next fund, people want to know, what have you done for me lately? What is your track record? So it's very hard to shift gears from a software-based investment style using equity 
over to a hardware-based investment style. And so therein lies kind of the challenge that uh, Cody Capital was created uh, to solve uh, using a model. I call it the IP Capital Investment Model. It's a, it's a way of, of looking at investing in companies based on the engine in the car, not just the team driving the car or the individual driving the car. So I'm an IP investor. I focus on that asset in making my investment uh, versus an equity investor who's focused primarily on the team driving uh, the car. And when you move from software back over to hardware, you need to pay attention to the engine in the car because that has a lot of value and it changes the way you invest. And it allows you to bring many, many more people in this country into the game of investing in the kinds of companies, hardware companies, companies making real physical products that will change the course of our nation. And I'll uh, say a couple of things about that. And, and the reason that the game has changed is that asset takes many years to develop. Something new that's breakthrough, a lot of science and engineering, five, 10 years. High barriers to entry, very difficult for competitors. Unlike in software, where many competitors can emerge, even if you pick the leader up front, downstream when you go to liquidate, the competition that can emerge so quickly because of the low barriers to entry in software can stand in the way of the, delivering the kinds of returns your investors expect. But when you move over to hardware and you understand how to value that, which is my skill set, and how to invest in that IP asset, which is not just ideas, it's all the physical things that allow you to make that product based on your innovations. We hold that as security, just like in real property investing. And now you have an asset to protect you. And then instead of owning equity and taking away ownership or a large chunk of the ownership of these companies, we're actually taking a revenue share. I like to call it an IP royalty. We're sharing in revenues so we don't dilute your ownership. And we're able to generate cash flows from the use of that asset that we're helping to scale and commercialize. So now investors have an asset-backed cash flowing investment to help many, many more of these hardware companies that are going to bring back uh, the good old days, bring back the industrial base. And if we want to bring it home, the old stuff's not coming back. If we want to bring it home, we have to invest in this new generation of companies based on breakthrough innovations that are building real uh, physical products. Okay, all right, that's a bunch for us to unpack there. Let's leave the investment part for a little later. But for starters here, I'm curious why you say software is dead. I mean, you didn't say dead, but why is it not as investable as hardware in your opinion? Well, software is not dead, but that's where everybody is focused, right? Right, when, right. When the trend is back to hardware, and by the way, without good hardware, there's no need for software to be cute about it, Correct. The reality is, is we tend to focus where we spend uh, our time, where we have our track record. And so while software will continue to be an investable asset class, it's, cr it's a crowded field with many venture capitalists chasing very few de good deals. And there's a lot of competition that emerges as a consequence of both too many people trying to fund too many of these companies, as well as it's easy to replicate a piece of, of, of software. And so software is still an investable asset class, but what's missing in the market today is a financing solution to grow this new generation of hardware companies that are building 
things in new and different ways that will carry us into the future. Okay. You talked to me about some of these things, some of these hardware, some of these ways that, that new innovative hardware is uh, creating solutions. So I'll give you um, maybe a couple of examples. Uh, first, I'll start maybe more abstractly, and I'll say that much of the world is demanding a shift to sustainable mm. manufacturing, which means I use fewer natural resources. It's an efficiency play, right? Anything that's more efficient is also more profitable. And I can deliver more value to my customers so I can grow my business. So high growth, high profit in shifting to thinking about technologies that allow me to build that product more sustainably, as well as reuse its waste, circular. And that's just cute words for how do I make it more efficient, right. not only for the environment, but to grow a business that is high growth and high profit and so we're focused in that domain. And to use an example, take one of our companies that has developed a, I call it a grain of sand. It's called uh, nanocarbon. And oh. it's literally one billionth of an inch, one billionth of an inch. And you can actually manufacture this little grain of sand uh, and control its geometry and its electro-optical properties. And you can now put it in a clear coating, put that coating on a window with billions of these grains of sand in the coating. You can't see the coating on the window. You can't see the grains of sand in the coating. You just see the window you're used to seeing. But now you have a window that is a solar panel that doesn't look ugly on the roof. In fact, you don't even know it's there you can coat the whole building and turn it into a solar panel and convert the light in each one of those little grains of sand. And again, there are billions of them into electricity and supplement in, in great quantities, the uh, energy needs of that building or sell that energy back to the power company in your community. Huh. So we're talking about pretty dramatic improvements here in solar technology. Correct. Um, and so this is something that you're that you're actively involved in and that where it sounds like you've already made at least one investment. Correct. And so that's one example. Another example would be a company that's now come up with a way to make the glass that goes in every building at a tenth to a quarter of what it costs today to make that glass coated, whether it's with this solar coating or what's most popular today is called a low E coating. It's a, a way to reflect the the hot out, right? Uh, and so uh, it uh, today, that low E coating uh, can now be made with another technology. It's called a CVD coating system at a quarter, even as low as 10% or a 10th of what it costs today, allowing us to solve the housing crisis around the world because much of what stands in the way is the ability to buy that glass. Uh -huh. And so now that's another example of how industrial technology that you wouldn't think about that isn't the next great social media company or the next great software company is actually doing things that not only build a business that's higher profit and higher growth, we're talking 50%, 60% profit margins. The old stuff that's not coming back lives in the five single digit margin land. And that's why it's a race to bottom. And that's why we moved our manufacturing offshore for the lower cost labor to be able to keep that business afloat. But if we want to rebuild our industrial base, we want to invest in these companies 
that are changing the game and how we make things to make it more sustainable, more circular. And not only will we be rebuilding our manufacturing base, we'll be scaling as an IP investor, we scale the use of the engine in the car globally so we can have an impact for humanity and an impact for the people around the world and do, again, to your point earlier, what America did from the start, build an industrial based on innovation that you can't get anywhere else and scale it around the world and build the empire based on delivering value to people, not taking their land and resources. Hmm. Wow, that's uh, okay. And so in these companies that you mentioned, this technology does not exist as an investable asset in the public markets yet. Is that correct? It's not in public markets, but where it is, is in uh, private companies. Right. So we're talking about young companies uh, that um, venture capital would invest in, but they moved away uh, from these hardware companies and they've been spending 20 years investing in software companies. Mm -hmm. So it'd be private companies that I'm making available uh, based on years of doing uh, this style of IP investing uh, for companies, 20 years, and a track record in that that we can talk about uh, in mm -hmm. your next segment. But I'm taking this and opening it up to the people, credited investors to start, and the masses beyond that, uh, because if we want to bring change in this country, we have to get the people involved. They hold enormous wealth to bring the change that we all know we want to bring in this country. Talk to anybody. We know we need to bring manufacturing home. It's not only good for our people and for jobs. It's a national security threat to leave it on the other side of the pond. Yeah. And now you mentioned that these are these these companies already they have tangible assets and they already produce cash flows. It's not just some pie in the sky PowerPoint type of thing of what the Correct. world should be this like. This is not an idea in somebody's yeah. head. These companies are uh, entering markets. They have uh, early revenue. They have a pipeline of customers because they deliver a value proposition nobody else can, can deliver. Yeah. Uh, and so as a consequence, they need an enormous amount of capital, a large sure. amount of capital, 30 to $50 million or more, because they're not a software company where you hit a button on a computer and you make a copy. They've got to build real equipment to make that game-changing product. And so the capital need is pretty expensive if you take it in return for equity in your company, because you've got three, four, five, $10 million worth of revenue. You've got a 50 or $100 million valuation. You've already given away much of your company because it takes five or 10 years when you're doing something groundbreaking to to make it to market. You've given a lot of the equity away to strategic investors, and now you've entered the market. You've got the customer pipeline. You've got some pre-sales. You've got the revenues, and but the revenues are still early, right? So that valuation is not going to be high enough, right, to minimize the dilution. So if I'm worth fifty million or hundred million as a company, but I need fifty million, I'm giving away 30, 40, 50 percent or more of my company on top of already giving away a good chunk of it. So I'm left with very little in the end, but that's when the real impact can start. So we want to make sure that for this different style of company that really is IP centric and IP heavy, that has value in that asset and in the equipment to make a product with that IP, we want to make sure these companies are incentivized to do the hard work. We need to move to the model I've been using very successfully for two decades, 
Uh, and that's a model that moves into revenue sharing. It's often okay. used in making new movies, new drugs, uh, building a bridge, a road, a tunnel, right? Everybody contributes to the building of that infrastructure and they get a toll on revenue or a share on revenue or an IP royalty. And this way, we don't dilute the ownership of the company at a time when it matters most, uh, which is when they're actually in the market and they can have that impact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but these wouldn't be brand new companies then. This would be something a little more mature that's probably been around for a couple of years, if no, not No, the companies have all been around for yeah. at least five to 10 yeah. years. Okay. okay. How long it takes when you're investing in something that is breakthrough. It's a lot yeah. of science and engineering to figure out what the solution is. And then a lot of innovating actually to implement that idea, that set of solutions or that solution into physical products, proprietary manufacturing equipment, process recipes, all of that has to be figured out. And then you have to pilot it, you have to develop a customer base. So, that, so by the time somebody like me gets involved, they're at the market, they're generating revenue, and they're five or 10 years out. It's not a startup okay. at that right. point. Okay, okay. So I want to uh, come back and talk some more about the, in a little bit, about the way that you do it. First, can we talk some a little more about the, some of the, some of the areas of opportunities that you see and some of these new technologies that you're talking about? Sick of me yet? Become a premium subscriber and avoid all ads or interruptions. Other benefits as well. Visit Contrarian dot supercast dot tech for more information other areas that might be of interest right. to listeners another example would be tech stocks okay so there's a commodity business it's all yeah. been moved over overseas uh, north carolina south south carolina used to be the hotbed of textile manufacturing in this country uh, it's all moved offshore to low-cost labor markets uh, because the innovation in actually building a, a piece of clothing uh, did not keep up with the time, so to speak. And so what happens is many, many people can now replicate what you do. And the only way to compete is on price. Yeah. So we wind up uh, seeing the margins go down to zero or near zero. And that means we've got to shift it offshore. And when I say the old stuff's not coming back, to America, that's the reason. But the new stuff, the companies uh, like uh, this textile example I'll give you, that are doing something new and different uh, in their market, in the case we're gonna talk about, it's textiles, they bring the high growth and high profits we haven't seen in decades back to manufacturing so we can support local manufacturing here where our highly skilled workforce is necessary. And so the textile example is an example of taking waste waste off the factory floors, clippings, uh, when you cut and sew the fabric into a piece of clothing, or taking the waste, the, the garments that you and I would throw away at end of life. Uh, there are many take-back programs, H&M and other major retailers globally have been taking back clothing instead of it going into a landfill or in an incinerator to be burned and creating an environmental hazard. Uh, we can actually take that waste in a line of equipment, it's about 150 meters long, uh, and turn the waste back into virgin quality fiber. I can huh. get back the original fiber of the same quality and actually spin it into yarns, turn the yarn into fabric, turn the fabric back into the same high quality clothing 
that that waste came from in the first place. And I have a high margin business in doing it because the waste is very low cost, as you might imagine. Yeah. And none of these are particularly labor intensive, these these uh, these markets, these companies. They tend to be not labor intensive like traditional manufacturing. Right. But they do require highly skilled workers in manufacturing that align perfectly with the workforce here in America that's highly educated, that can work with computers and can do a lot more than is possible in the markets that now have what is really most of our manufacturing base. Cool. All right. And we'll talk about that after the break. Speaking of which, don't go anywhere. I want to come back here with Robert Cody and ask him many more questions, actually. But we will first take a quick break. If you are a premium subscriber, don't touch the dial. You do not get the break. We'll be right back. In fact, we already are. And everybody else who wants to become a premium subscriber, please do so by signing up at the website, contrarianpod.substack.com. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Contrarian Investor Podcast, where we give voice to those who challenge a prevailing narrative in global financial markets. Consider becoming a premium subscriber. For $9 a month or less, premium subscribers receive a number of benefits. Podcasts are posted immediately after they're recorded. Transcripts are made available within 24 hours. Premium subscribers get direct access to the host and access to private channels on our Discord server. They also get generous discounts to our virtual conferences and other services. And of course, there are no ads or interruptions. Visit contrarian.supercast.tech for more information. That's contrarian.supercast.tech. By the way, you don't need the .tech suffix to get to that website. .com will do the trick. And we also have a substack that you can where you can sign up for the same prices, same benefits, same details, contrarianpod.substack.com. So if you already have a Substack account and use it or have the app and use that, that's probably the best way to go. So contrarian.supercast.com or contrarianpod.substack.com, whole bunch of benefits including, of course, getting this episode up to a week early without ads or annoying announcements. And you also get the Daily Contrarian briefing and podcast that is released every market day morning at 7 a.m. This is a contrarian take on the events of the day ahead and what is likely to move markets, such as economic data releases, earnings, and other things. It is really good, and that is completely unbiased, of course. So check that out, contrarianpod.substack.com or contrarian.supercast.tech. Now on with the show. Welcome back, everybody. Here with Robert Cody of Cody Capital. Robert, this is the segment of the show where we ask our guest to tell us a little bit more about themselves and how they arrived at this station in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have a typical... I don't think I'm going off and assuming here uh, background that many, um, you know, public market investors have, or maybe you do, but tell us how you got into investing in the first place and how you came to this current station in your life. Well, I spent 20 years as actually an IP lawyer, but I took mm. the, the notion of an IP lawyer uh, 
to the next level. And I began to invest uh, with the companies that I was helping to come up with solutions for how do I take the engine in the car that's new and different? Hardware companies, companies building uh, real physical products that change the game. And we can talk about a couple of those. But um, what I realized was they were suffering for, for, for a better way or struggling for a better way to uh, maximize returns for themselves and for their investors. And so I would partner with them and we would invest in licensing and scaling the use of the engine in the car. They would build the corporate stores here in this country and in places that were profit optimized for their business. But to really um, accelerate uh, not only the impact of what they had done around the world, but to grow that business faster and better with lower risk for themselves and their investors, they had to get comfortable with sharing the engine in the car, that breakthrough in the car. They could drive their own cars and sell their own cars, but they could do much more for themselves and the world by sharing that engine. So I would help them share that engine. And one of the critical skill sets uh, that may be perfect uh, to ride, I like to say shotgun with them hmm. uh, on that ride, was that I was the predator in the IP circle of life, to use a cute term. I was the guy who would protect them when they went out and ventured around the world and shared their innovations. I was the protector of these companies. And you just can't find that in the financial industry. Somebody who can maximize the value of your business where maximizing it requires sharing. Most people want to hold that diamond in their pocket. They don't want to share it. Right. They're actually holding themselves back. They're limiting themselves. We all do it, right? Fear gets in the way. And so I bring down those barriers of fear because I have somebody standing next to them who spent many, many years on the front lines protecting entrepreneurs and innovators. It's only that experience that allows you to know what to do. I use a cute line to be able to walk blindfold through the darkness yet see. And we know it can be dark in this world. We spent many years hearing about China steal, stealing our IP. We hear about it every day, even today. And we're trying to change that up, change that game. Do you take an equity stake or not? No, you just share in okay. revenue. You want them to own their business. Pretty important right. because of all the years it takes to get to market. They've yeah. given away a lot of the equity. They can't right. tolerate a much, much big, bigger equity grab uh, given where they stand today. And it's it's when they really can have the impact. It's when they need to scale and they uh -huh. need the capital to scale. So isn't that just like the traditional growth financing model or merchant banking type of thing? Like It's merchant banking in yeah. a lot of ways because yeah. you're actively helping your company build that business. You're not yeah. just sitting back, putting money in and sitting on a board. I'm actually on the front lines trying to figure out how do we grow this business? Right, right, right. But I guess that what separates it from merchant banking is this is these are technology heavy companies. And like you say, you buy the intellectual property. Or, I invest uh, in the in the company. Yeah. The investment goes to building out what you need to uh, scale the use of your IP, build more cars with your IP. Use Tesla right. as an example, right? Got to build manufacturing plans to be able to build that EV car, that electric vehicle. There's a tremendous amount of innovation in that vehicle. I'm the guy early on who would come in as they entered the market and invest in building that first plant with them. Right, right. And what am I investing in? The IP, if you start to think about it, that's what people are buying that car for. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. investing in the IP that makes the car different. And I'm investing in the IP and the equipment that allows you to implement the innovations that make that car different. 
So mm-hmm. it's kind of both. So I'm an IP investor, and then I'm holding that asset as security if the company yeah. were to fail. Right. So it's asset backed, very much like a real property investment. And then I'm sharing in revenues. You own your business. Very important. I want you to own your business and have maximum incentive to make that business successful because anybody who's built a business knows it's no walk in the park. It is is quite a quite a ride and quite a challenge. There's a lot of challenge along the way and you need to be incentivized to do that hard work. Got it. And so then you take a portion of the of the, of the cash flows and then that is then shared with your LPs, your investors uh, and in in a certain way that it's structured, right? Yeah. Right. And so I'm creating a real property-like investment so that more and more people, one, that don't have access today, and two, aren't really comfortable with an equity investment style, which is really a lottery ticket where I Mm. I wait 10 years, hope for the best. Much of it is software. Much of it actually doesn't pan out or pay out is the reality. If you look at venture capital returns, they're underperforming by a long shot. Uh, yes, we have some good years here and there, but they're underperforming by a long shot because of the nature of software. Low barriers, easy to copy, easy to replicate, hard to liquidate, take public or sell that asset. So they've been uh, struggling. I want my investors to come in and help change the course of this nation by investing in hardware companies. And they need a lot of capital. Uh, and so the way that you get people comfortable is creating something that looks like a real property investment mm-hmm. asset mm-hmm. backed by the property and cash flowing from the cash flows the company generates from using that property that mm-hmm. ip and so we share those cash flows with our investors to create a dividend or income producing investment just like real property so they're comfortable with it and the asset that we hold in security along with the cash flows changes dramatically the risk profile of investing in these earlier stage companies, early revenue companies, versus the lottery ticket style of venture capital, mostly in software today, that scares many people away because the performance has not been there and the Mm -hmm. risk looks pretty scary to them. And it is is only open to uh, qualified investors or, or institutions. Credit accredited, accredited investors, investors and institutional today, but I actually the vision is to, uh, as we grow in the number of opportunities, to bring in through reggae and other mechanisms that will come in the future, uh, the masses, the people, anything in this country uh, that has helped fuel the growth of this country, always had to have the right capital solution behind it. So I'm bringing the right capital solution. And the right capital solution had to be one that would allow the people in, Mm. not just the 1%, the 2%, but the masses, because they care more than anybody about changing the course of our country and bringing Mm. our manufacturing base back and going back to basics, the very Mm -hmm. things that created this nation, an industrial Mm -hmm. base where we make real things. Mm -hmm. How do you go about sourcing your ideas? So that's actually pretty easy. Um, When you're... Uh, one of the uh, leading uh, IP lawyers in the world, and your focus is hardware companies doing something really different, breakthrough, that means they've got real significant IP. So that means the IP lawyers show up and they try to protect you with IP rights, patents, trade secrets. 
because I'm known throughout the world in that market, that's how the flow comes to me. They know that I'm the only alternative to venture capital. I'm the guy who can help them protect their IP as they enter markets, right? Uh, and I'm the guy who has a solution that won't dilute them and will leave them with the ownership in their business. So once you kind of know those things, uh, it's pretty easy to come knocking on my door. So it flows to me as opposed to going out and trying to find it. I'm not in an ocean like just another venture capitalist chasing too few deals. I'm sitting alone with an alternative model that's better for investors, asset-backed, cash-flowing, better for companies. I don't take equity. I share in revenues. They own their business. And you just can't get that. So it's uh, actually pretty easy for it to flow to me instead of me trying to find it uh, like many venture capitalists have to do today. Interesting. So your your whole career before you start, where did you start this uh, this thing? Well, I spent 20 years doing exactly what I'm doing today. Okay. okay. We, uh, we generated $3 billion in returns from investing in IP. Uh, the first 10 years was uh, around a technology called PCR. You've taken the PCR test to travel oh, yes. anywhere. It's actually a, a technology won the Nobel Prize. Hmm. Won the Nobel Prize in chemistry. It allows you to see DNA in the body. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to detect, detect diseases and viruses. So that company built the corporate stores, and then they licensed manufacturers around the world to build the equipment, the thermal cycler, and the, the chemicals, polymerase, to be able to uh, actually uh, see the DNA in the body. You actually amplify the DNA. I can target the DNA, but I can't see it. I actually, through this PCR process, turn the needle, what I'd like to see, into a million copies, millions of copies, turn it into the haystack, and now I can see it. Very simple idea, but a revolution that created the biotech industry. So I did that for about 10 years. And then for the most recent 10 years, a variety of different things uh, from the next generation electric motor, semiconductors that power your phone and other devices, uh, wireless is probably the most notable. That Wi-Fi in your uh, phone or in your home or that 4G and that 5G, it's actually powered by a technology called OFDM, orthogonal hmm. frequency division multiplexing. It literally takes what's physical. Uh, you turn it into energy. You carry it on a super highway of wireless signals you can't see with your eyes. And it takes that video, that book, that movie, that email at the speed of light into your phone, bouncing off walls and buildings and in your pocket and turns it back into physical, we don't even think about the magic that's required. So I did uh, over the most recent 10 years, I spent a lot of time helping a company uh, license the use of that OFDM technology into Wi-Fi. So many, many people could sell Wi-Fi products and of course, uh, 4G and 5G that's now in our phones. Uh, and so those are kind of a couple of examples of what I did over the 20 year period. Uh, and so it was a, a, a great model that I wanted to make accessible so that we could fund many, many more of these hardware companies uh, that are struggling for capital today here in this country and around the world to really make a difference because I saw the value of what I was doing. IP investing always beats equity investing because it's got an asset that protects it and it shares in revenues for cash flows, better for companies, better for investors, 
Uh, they get paid the weight better for companies. They own their company. And so I wanted to open it up to the masses. So I've only recently started uh, building this in the past couple of years. Uh, and you can go to my website at CodyCapital.com, C-O-T-E Capital.com, and you can see what I'm doing. The mission is investing in the future of America, and we want uh, many, many people to join us. Uh, we want to build an army. I like to call it Cody's Army. That's really going to make a difference in this country, because I don't know about most viewers or listeners, but I'm tired of listening to the rhetoric, tired of hearing people say they're going to do it. I've seen that it's possible with my model. We just need to have an army around it to actually fuel many of these companies that are struggling today to get capital, these hardware companies that can bring our manufacturing base back, not in the old stuff, but in advanced manufacturing that matches to the skill set, the high, high skill set of American workers. What about, are you doing, is there anything in, in um, automotive technology, driverless cars or anything like that? I always ask that to anybody who's connected with VCs, if there's, how that's going, uh, or cars. Nothing in driverless car. Now mm -hmm. that actually, uh, a lot of that is a software it solution is. Okay. today. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, cameras and other hardware technology is used in it. Um, it's a very concentr concentrated market, right? Yeah. With very few buyers of the companies. And so I haven't done anything uh, in it, uh, but I'd be, you know, more than happy uh, to do it. But I'll give you other examples. Uh, new generation electric motor, an axial flux permanent magnet motor that goes in the wheels of vehicles. Wow. Goes in torpedoes you can't hear. Goes in helicopters to spin the propeller. Uh, goes in trains to pull the wheels. But it's in wheel instead of in the engine. It's huh. a game changer in how we make electric vehicles. So that's an example of something that I've worked with uh, that's a whole nother story in and of it itself, but that's one example of an automobile related uh, innovation that really, or transportation related innovation that uh, is going to, over the next couple of decades, make a real impact. Hang on. So these are, these are, this basically removes the need for a motor in, in vehicles. Is that, is that right? In, right. Now, electric motor sits in electric vehicles, a radial flux motor in the actual engine compartment. Yeah, you can just gut the engine compartment and put the motors in the wheels, and they are donut-shaped motors that power the wheels to turn. And you can do that on for trucks, and you mentioned trains and big trucks, trains. Uh, anybody who's a fan of the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, I like <laughs> that reference. Yeah, that that's pretty groundbreaking. If that were to be adopted on a large scale, because that would change the entire way that um, automobiles and any are, are engineered. Right and correct, yeah. So that's big, and that's that's becoming a reality. That is already a reality. Uh, you huh. can Google it, and you can learn about where it's being used: uh, helicopters, planes, huh. trains, uh, automobiles, uh, torpedoes. Right. And um, I'm trying to think of other kind of uh, things that would be um, maybe sexy for the audience. Uh, uh, there are many, many. Uh, well, let me step back. Uh, uh, augmented reality. Uh, there's a company that's built a hardware device that you can wear as a doctor in your head, and it will actually image in 3D the organs of the body. Huh. And, and so the doctor can actually see as if he were in the body, everything he's working on. It's a wonderful thing in 3D. And so we're basically fact, talking x-ray technology. Procedure before he starts on you, literally in his hand, he can see an image. And so that's a company out of San Diego 
uh, that's building um, what I hope will be uh, ubiquitous around the world, a device that will really improve the quality of healthcare, uh, surgery in huh. medicine. We're basically talking x-ray vision here, Robert. Yes, we are. <laughs> so you could like see through people's clothes. Correct. <laughs> so maybe we shouldn't yeah. let that get out to the masses. <laughs> wow, that's but, fascinating. Um, yeah, it's it's um, it's amazing how 20 years of reading in the press about software companies and social media companies uh, and uh, uh, offshoring our manufacturing to compound the problem that we've forgotten about our manufacturing base. We've forgotten yeah. about our communities across the country. And most importantly, we forgot that there are many, many young companies building hardware, mm -hmm. new manufacturable products that can actually change the course of the country and bring back our base, which we need to do. No question about it. Yes, yes. Uh, you've, you've made that point very clearly, I think. Um, in closing, maybe tell you can you mentioned your website, codycapital.com. And are you active on, speaking of social media, are you active on the social media? How else would people be able to get in touch with you? So you can go to our Cody Capital Twitter feed, LinkedIn. Um, oh, there is a Twitter feed. What's the Twitter? Uh, we have a Twitter. Uh, we've developed, I don't know, maybe about 100 different videos uh, of me and other notable figures in some of the companies uh, that we're focused on. So people get a feel for our mission. You know, what is what is it all about? Bringing manufacturing back by investing in this new generation of hardware companies, they get a feel for our model. We try to take a deep dive in little sound bites of video clips. Uh, and uh, that allows them to understand it's asset backed and cash flowing like a real property investment. We want them to get comfortable and they get a feel for some of our deals. Some of them uh, that we talked about today that really, really show you the power of breakthrough innovation and what it can do in this country, not only to bring advanced manufacturing back, but to have an impact in the world. And finally, I would say, if you go to our website, we have a live Q&A, uh, our, our first live Q&A for this year will be on February 16th. We'll try to do those once a week throughout the month of February into March. We'd like lots of people to attend and listen uh, to what our mission's about, what our model's about, and our deals so people can get comfortable because again, I can't do this alone. With the people uh, behind me, the Army, the Cody's Army behind me, we can help so many more of these companies have an impact in this country and around the world uh, for people, for humanity. Where are you based now? Uh, I am based in uh, New York. Okay. The plan and, is, for um, whatever it's worth, uh, we do have uh, as our agenda to move the business to Washington, D.C. Okay. Uh, to what's called an AVR just down from the Capitol. Okay. Uh, where we intend to put on our own show uh, called Capital Rays. Uh, next to the Department of Transportation is an amazing building uh, that would become like a Today Show kind of environment. People would be able to come in and see the various companies we're invested in, hardware companies with breakthrough innovation. And we'd have a show we'd be doing regularly featuring entrepreneurs, economists, and others because um, we're trying to change the course of the nation. There's no other place, no other, no, no other place to be, in my humble opinion, than in the seat of power in Washington, D.C., uh, where we want to bring the change that we hmm. know is needed. Fair enough. Uh, what last question here, while I still have you, um, you mentioned, while we're on the topic of software, 
I'd be remiss if I don't ask you, and this is a software question, obviously, about digital currencies, cryptocurrencies. If you have any thoughts on those, seeing how you are a technologist, yeah, really off topic, but yeah. Well, I, I actually love the question. Uh, hmm. What uh, cryptocurrency is, is, is really an innovation uh, that puts power back in the hands of the people, so to speak. It's a way to uh, trade peer to peer. It's a way to exchange value. Money is actually just uh, the exchange of energy. You do something for me, right? And I pay you, but I pay you based on the energy I put out for somebody else. It's really an exchange of energy. So it's just another way of exchanging value with each other. Uh, and um, I'm a big believer in technologies that um, stick it to the man, to use a cute phrase, because it's very hard to get the people who hold the reins of power to change. There's no incentive to do it. We've got to invest not just in breakthroughs like crypto, but in breakthroughs in hardware and in software. Chat GPT, AI, mm. that revolution is, of course, prominent now in the press. And what I'd like to say there is um, that crypto is actually something that's much more risky even though it's bringing change and people are investing in it, then what I'm proposing, I'm saying to the crypto audience out there, actually, that I've got an investment style that's asset backed, unlike crypto, and cash flowing, unlike crypto. And we participate in the exit to buy out our revenue stream. So you still have that upside that you're looking for in crypto. So I've designed my model when you're trying to approach an audience uh, to the people who really want to bring the change. And a lot of those people live in those crypto markets. They love the idea of bringing change. That's what they're backing. And they love the upside. But that upside is very, very hard to tolerate sometimes, as we've seen in the past decade, I mean, in the past year. And so my model is designed to bring people in, those kinds of people who really want to be rebels with a cause, who want to bring change. But bring them a model that's asset backed and dividend paying or cash flowing that still gives them that upside potential. That's what's that's what's missing. And um, I would say that's my answer to the question of what about crypto? All right. Fair enough. Compelling points, of course, again there. Wonderful, Robert. Well, thank you so much for, for all this. This is all very interesting conversation. Can't wait to see how this all works out. Some of these technologies. I know listeners will be Googling furiously to see if there's any way they can access these companies via public markets. And I assume that the answer is no, right. um, but that's okay. They will one day. And uh, with that, I thank Robert again for coming on the show. Thank you all for listening. And we look forward to speaking to you again next week. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Contrarian Investor Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. To subscribe to this podcast, simply open your favorite podcast software and search for Contrarian Investor. Follow us on social media by searching for Contrarian Investor on Twitter and Instagram. Send us your thoughts on feedback at contrarianpod.com. We look forward to speaking to you again next time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. 
That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 